all the way from the land down under, we welcome the Health Bloke Podcast. Talking all this wellness. You name it, the Health Bloke will discuss it, talk about it, or prove it. Whether it's about fitness, food, lifestyle, or more. He's a realist, he's relatable, and he's really good. So settle in, relax, and enjoy. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Health Blow Podcast, talking all through all things wellness. Uh, today's episode is a ripper. I think you'll get a lot of value out of it. So sit back and relax and enjoy. Um, my guest today is Warren Davis, uh, commonly known as the Unbreakable Farmer. Uh, and the topic today is, as I said, it's a ripper. He'll be talking and discussing resilience, persistence, and determination. And I think you'll uh, you'll get a lot out of it because what he talks about is is from his heart. So welcome, Warren, and uh, thanks for joining me. No worries, Tori. Thanks for having me on. It's um it's an absolute pleasure. Well, as I said, I, I reckon there's uh it's a great topic. Um, and I think you know, obviously knowing you and knowing a little bit bit about you, it's something we can sort of pull at the heartstrings a little bit, but. Before we get into the topic, um, can you give us a, a little bit about where you are, what you do yourself, um, your journey to date, both personally and professionally, and probably what 2017 looks like for you? Yeah, so I suppose if I start off with the here and now is that um, I work as a speaker, um, or uh, that's my, my business, so um it's the unbreakable farmers, the business, and I, I, as you said, I talk about resilience, persistence, and determination, and overcoming obstacles. Um, all the lessons that um, twenty odd years of being a farmer and working in agriculture taught me, um, and those those lessons, I suppose, are very well adapted into any other sort of business or or life as well. Um, but. Yeah, so that's that's what I do now. Yeah. But to go back to, I started. I was born and bred in Melbourne, um, and my family decided to move. Dad had a dream about of being a farmer. He was a butcher by trade in Melbourne, um, and ran small businesses as well, like milk bars, and um, we were, he was a postmaster there for a while, and decided that one day that he wanted to to move. And be um, be a farmer, and, and always tell the story of um, we were holidaying up here in the Golden Valley where I live now. I live in Kyabra, yeah. and um, and Dad went out, told Mum that he was going to go and have a look in, in town at the real estate agent windows, and that was in the September school holidays. And um, we moved up here on Cup Day, so it was a fairly uh, quick move, but it was a good move for me because, like. Uh, I was um, in Melbourne. I was struggling at school. Um, I, I, I went to a, an all-boys school, and I was the only kid from my primary school that went there. So I was struggling and struggling at school, and and trying to work out what I was going to do with my future. Yep. Um, and once we made the move, well, I stayed at school for another 12, 12 months, but decided that I wanted to be a farmer and and. Basically, the rest is history, and that's that's what I did. So I went and sought out a job, and I, I got a job on a farm as a as a farm hand, and stayed there for seven years until I bought my own farm. Right. So, how old were you uh, when you when you went to the farm initially? 
So when we moved from Melbourne, I was 15. So I stayed at school for another 12 months. And when I was a bit over 16, um, left school and and started working on the farm. So did you join a local school up in Kybram or? or Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went to the the local high school in Kybram and um, yeah, and and was there yeah for a little bit over twelve months or for the end of one year and the whole of the next, but I um, yeah. still was struggling at school, so just didn't didn't want to be there anymore, and um, probably wasn't a a carpenter or a plumber type, so yeah. yeah, the farming was the thing that I that I chose. Yeah, right. And then obviously you said you, you got your first job and you stayed there for what twenty odd years. No, for seven years. Oh, for seven I stayed years. There. Seven years I stayed there and until um, my wife and I got married and then we decided by that stage mum and dad had moved and we bought a farm next door to mum and dad's and combined it together and made a family business which um, yeah so that was when I was about 22 so um, yeah ventured out into the world of business thought I'd thought naively that I knew everything that I needed to know about farming and, and running a farm but that was as I said fairly naive because being a farm worker and a farm owner are totally two different things and yeah, okay. once you're, um, yeah, you're in the business um, yeah, you're then a business owner and, and along with that comes all the other the other things like bookkeeping and yeah. bank, bank loans and all the rest of it so and, and- just for the listeners, what type of farming did you get into when, when you uh, bought your first business at 22? Yeah, so it, it was dairy farming. So we started off, um, yeah, it's reasonably small. So I did a little bit of off-farm work when we first started, but yeah. Um, yeah, but then scaled the business up over the next 16 or 17 years. Yeah, yeah right. Yes. All, always with the dairy. Yeah, all with the dairy. Yeah. So we, yeah, and we started off in that business like with mum and dad. But um, as in all family businesses, there was probably a, a bit of a family breakdown. Um, yeah, and we ended up buying mum and dad out of the business and 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 kept scaling that business until um, yeah, about two thousand and four, and we um, we got hit by the drought pretty bad and. Um, Basically, had to walk off our farm because of um, because of the drought, and we were just too highly geared at that stage as young farmers to to be able to withstand the the ongoing drought. Yeah, it must be frustrating as a yeah as a business owner and particularly farming mate that something like a drought or, or a flood you've got no control over. You know, like you you could probably suck it up and you know if you took a bank loan out or, or you bought some equipment and it failed or, or you did something like that that was outside of the norm but when it's particularly weather dependent it must just really hit hard and that's and that's i often when i'm speaking i, I talk about my silent business partner and that that business partner's mother nature yeah, nice. and uh, um like and yeah and and like all business partners Sometimes the relationship sours, and yeah. and you get and you get dealt a hand that you this can't um, you can't overcome sometimes, um, or or you can work with it, and we did for two years, but um, unfortunately, um, the severity and the on, long longevity of that drought just was um, yeah too much to bear, and and it does get frustrating because it's outside your you can get up every morning and and do the do the right things and do everything. Yeah. 
that's the right for the business. But um, at the end of the day, if the if if that silent business partner's not working with you, it, it makes it near impossible. Yeah, and I guess I'm a bit of a firm believer in fate, uh, Warren, and I don't know. Uh, you know, for you, as you say, you got no control over it. Do you ever reflect on or ask yourself why? Um, no, I think that's. I always, I think I look at. It, there's always a reason why things happen, and um, at the time, you can be, you, you can look at those reasons, and you're wondering why why they're happening. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, they're teaching you a lesson, and hence what I said at the start. You know, you get taught these lessons, and that's what I try and convey now. I'm speaking that the lessons that I've been taught over the years, whether they were. Uh, whether you were getting kicked in the guts or whatever, they, you got taught good lessons that now um, you know you can convey to to other people and try and help them through the situations that they're in. Yeah, that's yeah, sound piece of advice. Yeah, like because you know at, at a time when, especially when it's a negative thing, like you, you don't remember the positive lessons that that much. But when it's a, a, a negative thing, yeah, I think if you if you're conscious of what's happening around you, you get taught some lessons that you know will stand you in good stead for the rest of your life. You know, so when that situation or a similar situation to that comes along, you you've got the the tools to be able to handle it a, a little bit better than what you do the first time. Yeah, yeah. So going back to your story, obviously you walked out on the farm because of the drought. I sort of cut you off there a little bit. Um, how bad did it actually get for you? Like, where did you go to then? For the listeners, obviously, I know your story, um, which which you'll probably touch on a little bit later. But obviously, after buying a business at twenty two, working hard, getting hit by the drought, and then having to walk uh, away from the business, then what happened? Well, but I'll I'll, touch, I'll go back to what what happened. But so from that stage onwards, then yeah. well, I'll. Yeah, your farm is a little bit different, and well, I might be biased in saying this, but it's a little bit different to any other businesses because it's not only your job, um, it's not only your home, it's your 24-7. It's a very all-consuming um, industry, any sort of farming. Um, yeah. That, you know, yeah, yeah, every waking hour, that's what you're doing. Um, and. And you live on the farm, you live at your job, um, and, yeah, it's 24-7. So... When when that all come to a, a a grinding halt, or we could see it coming, I suppose you could see it coming, but you were just trying to think, well, no, it'll rain next week, it'll rain, but it just didn't. And basically, we went from making a two thousand two hundred thousand dollar profit to a hundred eighty thousand dollar loss in in about fifteen months, and you just can't sustain that yeah. ongoing for for too much longer. So. Um, I, we made the call to say that that was enough. Um, you know, we drew a line in the sand and said, no, we can't keep going. And we wanted to go out on our, our terms. We didn't want to, you know, be sold up by the banks and then owe heaps of money to everyone because, like, living in a small community, you want to make sure that, you, you know, that you can still walk down the street. So, um, yeah. you know, we, we made sure that yeah, that's how we wanted to go out. So from then on, I then... We actually moved to Mount Gambier. I got offered a job managing a farm down there that was a, a really large corporate um, uh, like situ operation. It was um, 
1,200 cows and, you know, a fairly big operation. So we moved down there. Um, but it was probably a knee-jerk reaction from from um, losing our farm. It was probably not the right decision to move then because it, it wasn't what it was cracked up to be and probably wasn't in the right mental state to be able to... Uh, well, I did. I worked hard and did the job properly, but um, yeah. probably when there was challenges, it was just easy to say this is not what we thought it was, and we ended up moving back home, and I ended up managing farms in this local area then um, for the next few years and until I'd had enough of working for people on farms because I just, you know, it was, it was different. It was very hard after being your own boss for yeah. near, on near on 20 years to be working for someone else, even though in the manager roles that I had, I was given, I had a lot of freedom and all that, but it just wasn't the same. So I thought I stepped out of that, out of the industry itself and, and went and did real estate yeah, right. as, a, as a dairy specialist or rural specialist for a local company for three years. And um, yeah, and I thought farming was tough. <laughs> like I, I don't want to upset the real estate agents, but you're probably too honest for it, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, maybe. I, I, and I, I always think that I probably was too black and white in the way I didn't sugarcoat things enough. But yeah. that's that's okay. Um, yeah, but that once again, that three years taught me uh, as. The lessons that I learned, so just going back, the lessons I learned from leaving our farm to then going managing farms, the lessons that that taught me were massive about how to deal with people and, and deal with stakeholders and like all the, these things that then you just keep them in your kit bag and as you're moving along and all these things are, at the moment are all starting to come together and it, uh, like I've got a bag full of skills that yes, I am a farmer, yeah. but I've got these skills that are very wide ranging. Like because I've had then I've had my own business, so I understand that. And then I've worked for people in large um, corporate operations that I then I've got you know all the other skills of managing staff, um, you know, working with stakeholders, making sure I hit targets, all that sort of stuff yeah. that I've just now use as. Like when I'm either speaking or or coaching or doing workshops or whatever um, with with organisations and being able to like just uh, I suppose use those lessons and, and put them into into their perspective and in whatever that you know tailor it for whatever their whatever their industry is but just using the analogies of of the lessons that I've learnt from farming and placing them into their industry. So I guess was um, you know the fact that you've been in the um, farming industry for so long and um, it is a unique and very challenging industry. I guess the tools that you've learned over the journey um, has mean has meant that you can adopt uh, particular practices when you're going on site to doing um, speaking gigs or workshops or whatever for particular clients. Yeah, and uh, look, and that's where I suppose like that that catch, like sitting down and trying to work out how I was going to use this message. And obviously my message, and we didn't really, we haven't really elaborated on that as much, but the message is that, you know, is that resilience, persistence and determination. And and, and obviously the, 
the challenges that I faced and the obstacles that I faced. Like, and that was what not only when things were going bad on the farm, but when things were going good, you know, there was, you know, I always had to, you know, be a creative thinker and, and make sure I was ahead of the game because I was always pushing the envelope and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. all but that's one part of it. And the other part is is that the losing the farm and, and, and all that had a massive impact on my mental health and, and that's probably the major part of the message that I share is, you know, how I, I've overcome that obstacle and, and di- didn't let the drought or the loss of the farm um, labelled me as that that wasn't going to be who I was for the rest of my life and I was then so that's another lesson that it's taught me that I could you know even all these things aren't all positive they've taught me lessons that have helped me then to step forward and be able to say right oh, this is what I want to do I want to share my message I want to help help people, and and by sharing my message, I think I can help people, and um and that's you know that's one of the lessons that it's taught me that you know don't don't just stop and and you know let that be the label for the rest of your life. You know, Warren Dave's the farmer, and you've lost your farm, yeah. which which is where I sat for a long time. Um, you know, it was something that it was a real dark shadow that hung over me. Where now. It's all positive now because I'm I'm getting out there sharing my message and and and, and people are uh, connecting to that message as well and, and liking what I'm sharing. So yeah, and I reckon that's that's a really good point. And I wrote wrote a blog last week. Um, your mood is your mind, and I think you sort of touched on it then that you didn't want to be labelled as a failure because you'd failed by yeah. uh, by the farming you've you know grown some resilience and been persistent and you know you were determined to, to leave a footprint and obviously now you know fast forwarding a number of years you're doing great things um with the unbreakable farmer but for the listeners how bad did it actually get back then well it, it got to the, it got as bad as it gets <laughs> um yeah like it basically just you just I just spiraled out of control and yeah. got to a stage where I just didn't want to continue, basically. So, we, did you self medicate on alcohol, or you know, was it? Did did you become reclusive? Was there yeah. any indications that, that you? Yes, were... yeah. So just on that, like that. So I was tarred with two brushes, which aren't really favourable for someone that's got a like a mental health problem. I was a, I was a farmer. One, very stoic. No, you don't talk about that sort of stuff to people. Yeah. The other one was I was a male. Yeah. <laughs> so I tarred with the brush twice, so, yeah. which is unfortunate. And farming is a very isolated and lonely business as well, especially if you're on your own farm and, and you're working. So you get a lot of think time. Um, and if your head's not right and there's the, yeah. the, vo- the voices in your head aren't too positive, you can shift from being in a positive state to a negative state fairly quickly yeah. and um, and because you haven't got that contact like you're not working in an office with 20 other people or whatever it's um, yeah that that self-talk can be very damaging and yeah. um, you can spiral out of control pretty quickly so I, I remember when you and I were doing a public speaking workshop together and you know, there was probably a dozen of us in the room and 
the uh, Will May to get up there and, and give us a you know a heartfelt story about um, who you are and what you stand for. And I think you got up before uh, before I got up, and I thought, how can I possibly uh, beat that? I mean, your story of um, how dark the days actually got, and the fact that you you know you were uh, less uh, less than minutes from taking your own life uh, meant that you were in a pretty bad way. And, you know, hats off and kudos to you, Warren, to, to where you are today, mate. It's a, it's a really, uh, it's a super, super sign of uh, some strength and, and determination, mate. But I suppose there was, I at that at that point, I had, you know, you have the the choice of I could be bitter and and twisted for the rest of my life, or I be, could become better, and I chose to become better. So, and as I said, like things just then. I suppose evolve and like some of the stuff that I'm involved in now. Back when I was a 16 year old kid, thinking that farming was going to be my only thing, I would never have imagined that I'd be an ambassador for a children's charity or I'd be working with a, a guy deliver. And obviously, AFL's a passion of mine as well, and, uh, and I'm working with footy clubs delivering programs to their to the kids at footy clubs to try and help them with their mental health and you know and drug and alcohol abuse and, you know, making sure that they're putting their best foot forward for their community like it. I wouldn't ever imagine that that's where I'd be, but it's just if you stick at it and and you're, I suppose one of the lessons that farming taught me is if you're prepared to try something different or, you know, just step a little bit outside the norm, you know, you never know what doors could open for you. Yeah, and I reckon it's a, it's a good point not only for for current farmers in the industry, but probably for you know other corporate execs, mate, that are that are in their job. And you know, like I know, there's plenty of people that are in it, certainly not for the passion, but because they think they have to be in it. Um, yeah. If they do, I guess think outside the outside the square. There's there's opportunities that can evolve. Yeah, and just yeah, and like and. The people that I've met as well along the way, like I've met some amazing people, like by just getting outside, and it hasn't been easy for me because, like, you know, um, small town country farmer yeah. going and, and stepping into driving to Melbourne or whatever and walking into a room of people that you don't even know. And obviously, after you get to know them, you become good friends with them and, and that, but. The, some of the people that I've met are just amazing, and you know, it's, uh, when I talk to my friends here, they can't even fathom, you know, what I'm doing, or you know, or you know, how did you get to this start, you know, get yeah. to this place? You know, it's just it's it's hard to believe that you can you can shift, but it, you've got to. I think you've got to be willing to do it to start off with. You've got to be able to, you know, I had that choice to, yep. you know to decide to become better and that's what I decided to do. Yeah, I think that's a really uh, poignant point that you talk about there. You had the choice um, and I guess, you know, you uh, you put a lot of hard work and effort into it. You know, you're, you, you've got five kids, you're, you're not afraid. I remember you talking about the longest day you ever did um, as a farmer was 42 hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that, that's, that's determination, that, that's persistence, that's resilience in itself, uh, Warren. But if you were to give us, you know, you know some tools for, for, for the listeners or, or for the listeners that know, know people that it might be um, in a dark place or, 
you know, they're a little bit um, directionless. What's, uh, what are a couple of your uh, key traits? So there's three points that I talk about when I, when I speak. Uh, uh, one of them is community because when I wasn't operating at my best, I withdrew from my community. Yep. Um, the second one is, um, is communication. So stay connected, yep. communicate. So make sure you're communicating with the right people. And, and the third one is to seek help. If you identify that you, you think things aren't right, you're, you're the best person to, to, um, to know that. So you should just go and work, uh, act on that gut instinct and go and seek some help. Yeah, I think that's really a really good point. And I, I think these days more people are aware of it, more people are talking about it. Um, so obviously when you went through it, it was probably, as you said, it was hard because one, you're a male and two, you're a farmer. Um, Correct. And you, and you probably didn't know where to go, whereas at nah. this day and age there is probably a little bit more choice. But that's the, the, the scary part and why I use those three points because the scary part is, is yes, there is more knowledge out there, but things as far as suicide rates and people getting depression and, and anxiety and all that, there everything's on the rise. Yet we've got all this information now. It's just that people aren't connecting with the right people, yeah, or okay. commu or communicating with the right people, or you know, um, you know, or seeking the help. You know, because you, you can, you can. It's probably a bit like what you do, mate. You can, you can have all the skills and the knowledge that you've got, but you can't make someone lift that barbell, or you can't make someone go on a walk or yeah. a jog or whatever. They're, they've got to be willing to do that as well. So it's just, I suppose, that's where I think sharing my message helps is yeah. because, you know, like, so there's a there's common ground. People relate to what you're, they're going through a little bit through you and then so they might then say, right, if he can get to where he's, get, he's got, maybe that I can do the same thing. Sure. And I guess with something like this and this particular topic, um, time frame is probably irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah, unless you're, you know, really like, and obviously doing what I'm doing now, I've done some some courses and, and, yeah. and stuff like that on, you know, suicide prevention and all that. If things are dire, you have to act, yeah. obviously. But, you know, you, like you you have to do something about it, otherwise it'll be too late. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's it. But yeah, if you know that's going on, you just need to reach out. And, and you don't have to reach out to, like, obviously there's the, there's Lifeline and Beyond Blue and all those organisations, but if, if that's causing you more anxiety to reach out then just reach out to a mate like and yeah. even if you don't even if you think that they won't understand just sharing that um sharing that with someone uh, it can be life-saving yeah and i guess that comes back to your point there it's just about reconnecting you know connecting to people that's it and that, and that like, because like I was a footy coach i was a president of the kinder i was right all these things and then as things got worse, you just disconnect from all that, yeah. and you, so you've just got to reconnect, 
reconnect with you, like with your community. And like obviously here, I'm talking about our community because I'm in a small town. But that doesn't mean, you know, a town. It's just the people that are around you, your tribe, or that you know the people yeah. that 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 are closest to you, or even you know the ring the rings are out from the closest people to you. Because sometimes that can be the harder. They're the hardest people to, to talk to. Yeah, the ones that are closest to you. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's a valid point there too. I think it's a really good point. So, I think um, we might sort of move on a little bit there, mate. And I guess um, for the listeners, if you know, there's been some really good information and education there. Um, so, I guess what I'll do and, and what I'll do in the show notes is is put links to how people can get in contact with you, Warren. Um, yep. That'd be and, fantastic. And then, obviously, I encourage my listeners to subscribe to the Health Bloke Podcast, talking all things wellness, or, or even share the message to some of your friends and families that would be interested interested to hear from uh, the Unbreakable Farmer. I mean, if you get on to, to YouTube, Warren's got some really good videos about um, what he does and, and his message, and he's a really uh, a really relatable bloke and uh, if, if there's there's corporates out there that want him to, to come and do some um, some workshops or some keynote speaking he, he's certainly uh, he's certainly someone that can get the, the message across without being too uh, too threatening no thanks mate that would be great so uh, I guess mate just just to wrap it up I've uh, I've got this podcast and you know the, the subheading is talking all things wellness so I'd like to engage you in the informal part of the uh, podcast and ask you a few, few, few questions from the Health Bloke Quiz. Oh, that would be great. I'll look forward to answering for you. <laughs> All right, mate. They're pretty straightforward. I've got 11 questions. Um, right, yeah. I encourage you to answer them as honestly as you can. Uh, are you cool with that? Yeah, no, I'll be as honest as I can. <laughs> you, you, can you can pass if you want, but... Um, they're basically 11 questions. What do you value more? The first one is exercise versus movies. Um, I'd say movies, I'll be honest. No, uh, honesty is the key, mate. Honesty is the key. <laughs> Savory versus sweets. Well, that's a borderline one, that one. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll lean more towards sweet. While watching a movie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Chocolate versus cheese. Cheese. Uh, water versus juice. Water. Oh, I, I reckon I know the answer. The next one: wine versus beer. Beer, but I do. I don't mind having a moscato with my wife. Oh, look out! The unbreakable farmer. Very good. Carbs, no carbs, or some carbs. Um, carbs. Yeah, good boy. Uh, sleep versus sex. <laughs> I'm a farmer. Sleep. <laughs> Book versus magazines. Book. Favourite meal? Oh, roast. Yeah, nice. Uh, Favourite holiday destination? Yeah, don't get away that much, but I'd say our favourite family holiday destination is Indented Head down just past Geelong. Yeah, nice. Indented Head, okay. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Oh, probably my... Um, Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably my—I'd um, like to look like um, 
a little bit fitter than I do, even <laughs> though I, I'm, I'm fit enough that I'm, yeah, probably age is catching up with me. <laughs> uh, no, 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 that's good, mate. Well, it's a pass mark on all of those questions. Very good. So, again, I thank you for your time today. I know you're an extremely busy bloke, um, always pushing the boundaries, both, both personally and professionally. So, uh, if my listeners want, want to get in contact with you, what, what's the best way, mate? Well, there's a number of ways. Obviously, I'm on Facebook, um, The Unbreakable Farmer on Facebook, or um, my website, which is www.theunbreakablefarmer.com.au. And if there's a connect button there, if you connect, if you click on that, you can um, subscribe to um, my videos and that that I'm currently doing at the moment. Perfect. So, just to finish, mate, is there any last uh, last minute uh, pieces of advice for the listeners? No, I suppose if I go back to those three points, they're really vital. I think in in I suppose this, even though we've talked round about a bit, but um, about the message. Um, that I like to convey and that's um, you know staying connected to your community communicating with the people that you need to and and obviously if you need help seek it great uh, yeah great three points there Warren and okay guys that's uh, that's the podcast for the day that's Warren Davis the unbreakable farmer um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the health bloke podcast talking all things wellness and uh, thanks for listening thanks Warren thanks mate cheers Thank you for listening to another episode of the Health Bloke Podcast, talking all things wellness. If you haven't subscribed, please do leave a review or share, as we all know that the Health Bloke wants everyone to make health a habit.